Now, before we jump into the interview, we're going to talk right now uh, uh, about a historical moment. We like to do these little historical moments about, about you know, to get you prepped and, and get you prepared for the person that's coming on. So today's historical figure in particular is a gentleman by the name of Denny Flynn. All right, Denny Flynn was inducted into the Rodeo Hall frame in 2010. Now this guy I just is, said tough bastard. And you know how like you get that uh the the gold coat at the NFL or you get the bus at the Major League Baseball whatever. When when you get inducted to the Rodeo Hall fame, those guys get beaten down. I mean, it's like a, it's like Valhalla, <laughs> right? I mean cuz it's pr- it's the toughest sport on the planet. Those guys Literally. that go in that Hall of Fame is just that's the that's the the toughest they come right there. <laughs> that I is mean, good lord. They, well, just, if you don't know about Danny Flynn, there's a great uh, video about him on the ProRodeoHallOfFame.com website. Now, Danny's a guy that never actually won a world title, but the guy, you know, he finished three, third three times. He got second a bunch of times. Uh, he's got the second highest rated score in Pro Rodeo history, Right, uh, with a, a point, a score of 92 on a bull named Ed Pivick out of Cheyenne, Wyoming, back in 1974, and that record held for 15 years. Marcus, yeah, look, I mean, you you hear names in every sport and everything, and then some of them, when they break through that 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 barrier, they cross over, and then you got to appreciate country boys and country and and how we, you know, our music because if look, he never won that world title, but some of them guys didn't, some of them did. When they start writing songs about you, I mean, Don Gray, Jim Sharp. I yeah. mean, he's in that league. With them old boys, you just hear, and you will hear, because it resonates. That That's how that, I mean, we live to tell those stories and hear those stories, and they resonate that, generations. My son will hear about them on down the line. So, yeah, man. He, and that's why we keep these bringing these historical moments back, right, to pass on. These sure, I mean, what he does. Plus, it, he was a tough bastard, right, too. What I he mean. Did, look, you just pull, up, pull bull riding aside. Pull that out of the equation. Jack, and just Roger, tell just kind of what kind of guy he is, right? Just yep. no matter what he did, think about it like that. What if it if it was a completely different job or completely different sport, whatever it was, he would take a beating like that to keep doing the job that he loved doing. Right. I mean, there's one story about him where he 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 and he had in a competition where he's going to have to ride not ten times, right? Yeah. He, he broke or nine times. He broke his ankle on his eighth ride, got it casted. And then for his 10th ride, he rode with a cast on yeah. his ankle. Right? He also, there was a whole nother incident where he was almost gored to death in, 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 on, in a rodeo. And, yeah, and, man, and the guy was, walked off the yeah, Those cowboys are tough, man. I, look, there's certain things you can look for. Well, what like makes them so tough? Tell me. What do you man, think? That's the, that's the same thing they ask us in our community. What makes them make, I don't know, a strong mama, I guess. <laughs> that's got to be it, right? A strong well, mother. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> with a guy we're bringing on today, I mean, this guy, I mean, he, he, I mean, he is tough, right? Right. I mean, he's actually tough. And, and, and so hopefully he's, gonna- <laughs> his mama knew his, he was so damn tough. He just went ahead and named it. This guy- <laughs> what does that tell you? It'd be like if your name was Hard Latrell. Right. Because, right? I mean, this dude must come from rough stock. You, you want to cross, it's kind of like those, MA, look, when you, we guys walk in, you immediately size him up, right? You yeah. check the ears out. They got those cauliflower ears. You know he's got something on him, man. They want cowboys the same way. Their whole body just looks tough. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, rusty ass hands. The way they walk. Yeah, the man. They're like, good God. They dang, saunter, God. Right. man. Anything that, anything that toss, gets on the back of a 2,000-pound pissed-off animal, man, is somebody you don't want that is determined. You probably don't want to tangle with. 
Furthermore. And furthermore, there's just something about them that, that is unique. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to find out, Marcus, because we're about ready to have on the Michael Jordan, the bull ride, and the, the, this incredible dude. So I'm super fired up, man, to, to welcome. Um, Let's get um, him on the air, shall we? Well, I'll tell you what, Marcus, one of the things that I love about coming to the TNQ headquarters, the podcast headquarters, because I come to Texas and, and there's something that in Texas makes me, I don't even, I don't know what it is. It's, it's that, it's that old school Texas mentality. It's the cowboy. It's when you talk about going hunting, when you talk about, you know, horses and you talk about just being from Texas and living, and, and living, living the Texas life, <laughs> just right? Living, yeah. It gets inside me. It gets me. <laughs> I don't know, man, because, you know, I grew up in South Florida where the retirees are, right? right yeah. I grew up on where you go to the beach and people lay around on the beach. But here, people are living. They get outside. They push themselves. Oh, we don't have a, it's because we don't have a beach. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but what you do have are rodeos. You got uh, that cowboy heritage. You got what what makes. Let I mean, me, this is sum up what you're trying to say, man. Help this week. me. You got to find something for the damn toughest we got. I'm all cowboys and rusty hands, some bitches. It just came. Fine. <laughs> Nothing meaner than them. All right. To find. Nothing. Yeah. There's a sport that exists and a life that exists to occupy their time. <laughs> that's the dude we got to have on here today. And that's who we right. got. So everybody that we bring on that I, that I personally know obviously affects me in some way and provides a strength for a weakness I have. Right. right? You're about to meet one of them. Well, I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I am so honored and privileged to meet what what many consider to be the greatest rodeo rider in history, Mr. Tough Heedeman. Tough, welcome to the show with us. Thank you. How are y'all doing today? Oh, man. Glorious. Glorious. Good, I, now good I'm now. surrounded by cowboys right now. I mean, that's a, that's pretty awesome right now. I just, I'm just looking forward for, he, you know, he's proud of his, that South Florida deal, and I, I just can't wait for him to <laughs> to be officially like I live he in Texas. You never met nobody like this dude, man. You never met nobody like this dude. Well, it's so funny, and then I we were chatting a little bit about T Tough when coming on when we were thinking about who's on the short list for this show. You know, I'm like, all right, I got to bring some people to the table, and I didn't know that that Marcus and y'all were friends. So I, I went yeah, out to, my, like you know, that. my buddy, Dave Corlew, Charlie Daniels' manager, and I said, you know, I was telling him about, he goes, you know who you got to have on a show? The baddest cowboy who's ever lived, and that's Tough Heatham. And I go, who's Tough Heatham? And he looked at me, he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I have a conversation with people, and they, and they think, you know, SEALs talk about, oh, man, you guys, this, that, and the other. Well, the one unique thing about our perspective about my perspective is that we see how exceptional people are behind how tough they are, how tough they right, are. Exactly. <laughs> and and tough, when I, when, when you're people, the tough, right, when people talk, ask me and they're like, Oh, I know. And I'm like, man, do you, you ever even heard of a, a, a bull rider or a cowboy? And, and they, and I start telling stories. I'm like, you don't know what tough is, man. You think I, I can handle some shit. These guys and just see their face. Like I never even, so this is me connecting those people in my world that that aren't connected with the, with with this. So yeah. you guys are gonna. Well, what, one of the things that I love, you know, and 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 we'll get into you know some other things, but you know, I mean, you you are 
you know, I, I mean, you've won more championships in bull riding. You basically invented professional bull riding. You know, you you were, I don't know, I, I mean, you won so many world champions. When when all the stuff when I was reading about you, they compare you to, they call you the Michael Jordan of bull riding stuff. And, and I know you're probably a pretty humble guy, Marcus said you were, but you know, it, it, that's a pretty amazing achievement. Do you, do you, you love, I mean, that's, that's pretty remarkable. You know that, right? Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certainly proud of, you know, I had, I had a great career. I think it's a, it's a, it's a little overstated sometimes, you know, I, I was very fortunate to, uh, you know, have, have a passion, uh, you know, for, for, for riding. You know, I, I started riding when I was four years old and, uh, you know, the same feeling that the rush of adrenaline shoots through at four was the same feeling when I got on my last bullet 35 and it's just, uh, cool. it's, it, it's a challenge. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but, you know, looking back, you know, you say you, you, you're fortunate to be here. You don't know how you live through it. And there's a couple of times that we're, we're pretty iffy. That's cool. That's cool. We're going to get to those. Let's just get them. Let's get them warmed up, Marcus. Uh, we got to yeah. get them warmed up, all right? So, oh, yeah, so yeah, tough, man, man. tough what we do is when every guest that comes on, in order to limber up, right, in order to stretch out and get that, that prefrontal cortex firing on all cylinders, right, uh, you know, we put it, put you through the mad minute right now. The mad minute is is used to really get a lot of information out of people fast, right, and get brains working and all that. So we're going to fire these questions at you, rapid fire. You give us the first thing that pops into your head and just to get warmed up for what's coming next. You're, you're, you're good to go on that? Yes, sir. All right, you here ask, we go. You ask, you ask, you ask me a, a stupid question, I'll give you a stupid answer. How's that? <laughs> I love it. We'll I love see. It. Don't, 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 we about to find out. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you might have to get the bar pretty low to, for, to get any quality uh, I, I, No, trust me, brother. I already took this one, so. <laughs> yeah, he, he, Marcus, <laughs> was lower our, than I go. <laughs> Marcus was our first interview, so <laughs> we're, we said it low. <laughs> All right, here Wait, you Look go. who's writing the questions. <laughs> hey. Just look who's writing the questions, brother. They're not, I mean, they're gonna you, they're gonna be great. <laughs> All right, here you go. Ready? First question is: uh, What if you could live in any era in history? What era in history would you live in? Uh, I would have to be living like in the in the days of the, of the westerns, the John Wayne, uh, Lonesome Dove oh, time awesome. period. That uh, that looks to me like you know. Watching once in a lonesome dove, you know, I actually was on the set uh, when they were shooting. I got to meet Robert Duvall and got to be good friends with him. But, but watching that and uh, you know, just the way that you talk about toughness, you know, what those guys had to oh, you know, do and endure to do what they wanted it was pretty. That's remarkable. awesome. My oh. brother got to go to the Lone Survivor reunion, Lonesome, or, dove. Uh, lonesome dove reunion, uh, the other day up in uh, wasn't where was that SFA? It was in Fort Worth. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was there. It's so cool. Damn it. Really, really cool. You missed another one. It's like one. a Texas thing. That you have. I mean, it's a call, man. I almost didn't marry Mel. I mean, Melly, if she wouldn't have seen Lonesome Dove, we couldn't get married. That was a crash. Yeah. <laughs> it's a rite of passage, man. We, it, when it's raining or if it's it's on TV. It's thing, coming on. That's yeah. the go-to. Matter of fact, I'm going to put a TV in the house that just plays that. I don't even know why I haven't done that. All right. Next question. All right. All right. Cadillac or Lincoln? Like. <laughs> All right, next okay. question. If you had to get in a fight with one, who would you pick, John Wayne or Clint Eastwood? Um, you know, getting your ass kicked by John Wayne would be cooler than getting your ass kicked by Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> 
either one whip my ass. I'd have a great time. It'd be awesome. It'd right. be a boom. Right. boom All right, brother. Uh, more dangerous. An angry woman or an angry bull? Oh, angry woman. Uh, <laughs> hell of a lot more dangerous. A lot meaner. Hey. <laughs> and, you and, piss and them off. They will get they, they never and they and they never you know, once they get mad, they never get unmad. <laughs> it, like it doesn't it run out of them. <laughs> way it goes. All right, all right, here you go, Ray. All right, uh, what are you most afraid of? Um, something happened to my kids. Right on. That's all good. Right. Favorite superhero? No, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of really anything happening to me, you know, but. That's the only fear. That's the only fear that I really have is. That's a good fear to have. I think all all parents, especially pops, we have it. It's in us, right? Well, we can't control it. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Not to not to work. And and that's the scary part about it. I mean, we live in a world that we don't control, anyways. But we build up skills well enough to survive in it ourselves. Ourselves, right? Right. Our kids don't have that yet. That's the scary, bro. I'm on. Yeah, and the thing is that you, you never really want your kids to go through. A lot of the things that you had to go oh, through pain. that right. made you who you are and made you made you physically and mentally tougher than you know someone else. Absolutely, just because yep. of the things you've endured. But you, you don't want that for your kids. But at the end of the day, you know they have to go through some of that. Sure. To, they got to take the pain too to, to well, become I, the, yeah. the, the the real guy. I mean, I told my both my boys. I said, "You, you my older ones, Lane and Trevor, and they're." They're the, they're, the, they're the highlight of my life. You know, That's we talked cool. about you know, a little bit about my, my career, but I'm much more proud of them than anything that I ever did. God bless you. But I said, you know, when I went to college, I was the poorest kid in school. You know, I drove down in a 1963 Buick. This was in this was in '81. So everybody has their new new trucks, new cars that they got for graduation. I've got this. 20 year old Buick that's about <laughs> two, two city blocks long. But, and, awesome. You know, but, hey, but it's it not fine. the ride, it got, it's it, the rider, it, man. It, 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 it got me from point A to point B, and I, it was good. But I told my, my sons, I said, you know, I never want you to, I said, you, you don't, you'll never know what it feels like to go into a restaurant with your friends and tell them that you're, that you're not hungry, you already ate because you don't have any money. Oh, wow. That's and heavy. You, you're, too, you're, you're too proud to say, hey, can you buy me something to eat? You know, wow. you just, you don't have enough to eat. And so you, when you're leaving, you reach and grab a handful of fries when they turn their head. <laughs> oh man. I said, that's, that's how I was when I was in college. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a, you know, a <laughs> lot of money. I was, I, I was in school anyway, and man. You know, I would go, I would actually go work on a rant on ranches, you know, during the day, work cattle or whatever, 50 bucks to kind of, to kind of get me through it. But, you know, looking back, it made me Made you who you are. Made, made, right. made, me, made me tougher, stronger, so, and made me better. He went to a college up in Sol Ross State. I had part of my, some of my crew went there. So right. we'd have to do that drive. And I, I mean, my brother and I would fish through the parking lots to find some money to go buy three hush puppies at the Long John Silver <laughs> for lunch, man. Same way. Yeah. I, 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 I never had so much fun in my life being as broke as we were in college. <laughs> Everything went to pay for school. Right, right. right. And I mean, you want to talk about in the middle of nowhere. The best Mexico trip I ever had, though, was on. Never mind. That's, story. that's yeah. a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, up Sol Ross is out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So you're a cowboy up there. You go to school to cowboy up there. I mean, that's it. Oh, yeah. God, no, that's man. cool. Yeah. Well, you know, tough. The last question I was going to ask you was, "What's your greatest achievement?" But I think you've already shared with our listeners 
that it's your family, yeah, it, it's your children, it's your boys and your newborn, uh, the people that are around you that you love. So, I, I mean, I don't even need to ask that one. So let's just get right in to the, the meat and potatoes of this show and why people come to our show out of, as opposed to any other millions of the podcasts they can choose is because they really, they know when they come on, they listen, they download this show, they're going to get stuff that's going to potentially change your lives. And our, our slogan is great stories ignite legends. So, you know, if you could, if you could share with our audience, your greatest never quit story. Well, probably, uh, you know, you know, I wrote professionally for, for, for 10 years and, you know, never had any, you know, any real serious injuries. And then, then I had a neck injury, uh, which, you know, I was paralyzed for about 20 minutes and which that was probably the scariest moment of my life. And then I was off for a year and I didn't know whether, whether I was going to be able to compete again at at all. And so I went back to the doctor after a year and he said, Hey, you look good. You're good to go. And, you know, I said, you know, kind of ride, and they said, you know, that's that's your decision. You know, you're healthy. Uh, you know, I had a plate. You know, had a plate, in my neck, whatnot. So, I came back, and I, I'd already won. Uh, I'd, I'd won three championships previously, which, which I was proud of. But you know, I wasn't. You know, in my mind, I wasn't done. And you know, riding bulls at you know at the highest level, it, it it's day in and day out, and. There's just not very many people that have the stomach for that. But, <laughs> I'll say. You know, un- 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 unfortunately for me, you know, I was just a slow learner. You know, I, I just, I couldn't get enough of it. You know, just the competing, the it's like challenge. Like a drug, right? It's the, like a drug. Yeah, exactly. The, the, you know, the competing, the challenge, and, 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 and winning. You know, when, you, when you're doing, when you're winning, you're on top, you're doing well. I mean, there's n- no better high than that. So I came back and I started riding again in 95, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, it refreshed, you know, I appreciate the fact that I was getting to do it. It's, it's kind of like now that I have Riker, you know, it's like another, another chance at, 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 at life. You know, I experienced that with my first two sons, but now I get to, I get to do it again. That's kind of was my A new dose. Yeah. I come back in 95 and I'm just, you know, I, I, I wrote with probably more effort, energy, passion, because I knew any day, I mean, you don't know when your career is going to end. I mean, might end tomorrow, might end today, or it might end in five years, and that's that's bull riding. That's that's that life. You never know. And the so, thing about it is, and here's here's the deal with that is this is the fact that people. I mean, when you hear bull riding, like you're a bull rider, they think you get up in the morning and you go, you go into a training hall or a facility, train all day, and, and that the rodeo is right there at the stadium. I don't know how that works. And the nightmare of that life is what's behind the the eight seconds you you're on the back of that uh, of that. Thing that wants to kill you, yeah. From the rodeo and to town to town, state state, city to city, yeah, on nothing. I mean, especially you guys and I'm buddies with bull riders, mostly clowns. And they, which <laughs> they, they're great. They had crazier in a freaking rodeo clean. Yeah, that's tough. Oh yeah, well, they, you know, a bullfighter like you know he'll have to face you know forty to to, to sixty bulls a night. Hell, I don't have to get on one or two. So. All right, so so you're so you're back in, you're 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 riding hard, you're winning again. What and then what happens? And then uh you know, that was it that was in ninety five. I get to to the MGM, you know, I'm in the lead for a world championship, uh and the last the last the last round I draw a bull. It's branded J thirty one. It's 
called Bodacious. Well, you know, he was a monster that even the even the good guys were afraid of. I just <laughs> I would I wasn't smart enough to be afraid of him. He's I, dangerous. You know, <laughs> I, I'd been on him a few times, and I was I was told my, my my best friend. I said, you know, you know, I know I can ride him, but you know, I had trouble, I had difficulty holding on to my rope. So, you know, I said if I can. What's, what that means is you have to use more rods and get it stickier, and you have to wrap your hand in a way that it's not coming out. Hey, if you come off, if if, you, if your ass comes off or you come off, you're you're going to drag for a while. And you know, it's how big was Bodacious? But but but, but, but that's that's the only way you can ride a bull. How, how well, big was he? He was about probably nine, eighteen, nineteen hundred pounds. <laughs> you know, but but what he what he was athletic. And you know, it would be like a like a defensive lineman playing corner. I mean, right, he was right. big. But he was uh, wait, wait a minute, wait. You, playing cornerback in a peewee league. But but but, but usually, <laughs> when, usually when they're that big, That's you know, insane. they don't have the quickness. They don't you know don't have the athletic ability. He was right. he was athletic for being that that big, and and he had grown. And I'd rode him previously. I'd rode him in '93, and still. You know, it was the best ride that I ever made because in order to ride him, you just had to do everything. You got to go big. It's that I moment when fight. everything comes together. Yeah. And so that, then I thought, you know, so I get in the last round. I'm in the lead for world championship. And I'm, in my mind, I'm fixing to kick ass. You know, I'm, <laughs> I've done it before on him. Uh, like I said, he, he, even the good guys were afraid of him, but I, I just wasn't. I, I was excited about challenges. I thought, you know, I'm going to make the best ride I ever, ever made. Well, mm-hmm. the first jump, you know, he developed kind of a habit where he'd kind of hesitate. And when he, when a bull starts to take a jump, their front kind of comes up and then they, they kick with their back feet. Right. And so in order to ride a bull like that, you kind of, there's one, one bull rider, you know, he kind of describes it as a, you know, as a horse jumping. You know, when a horse goes to jump a, a fence, you know, or in, you know, any question jumping as he's going forward, you know, the rider has to go kind of, kind of go forward and kind of get and kind of because if you don't if you get leaned back when they when they hit the ground and kick you know they they pull you down and you'll hit hit them and that that's what we refer to as being jerked down bodacious jerked down lots and lots of people well my style of riding i never got jerked down okay never just because of my you know the style that i rode with i was always in a position where i wouldn't but what happened on him the second jump First, second jump, he throws his head back. I mean, I'm right in the middle in the position you have to be to ride a bull to, to ride him, and he throws his head back and just hits me in the face and just <laughs> breaks everything. Breaks, <laughs> he, crush, he crushes every – He crushed you know, your face. Every, he breaks every bone from my, from my lip. I just crushed it, obliterated my nose. Uh, the funny thing is it didn't, it didn't do anything you – know, didn't do anything to my teeth or anything, but – you know, one what is also kind of kind of funny is that you know, <laughs> I never lost consciousness, I, and I remember every small detail of it. That's today. not funny, tough. That's not funny at all. I want to, yeah, 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 dude. That's it's, awesome. <laughs> so when I get up, I, I hit the ground and I, and I get up and I'm I, I'm on my hands and knees. I get up, you know, they come out. Yeah, I I stand up, I walk out, and you know, blood's running everywhere, and it's. And a, and a buddy of mine was walking next to me. His name was Bill. Bill Carnes, good friend of mine. And I said, I, you know, I must have, I must have broke my jaw because when I bite down, my teeth don't touch together. Right. 
and he, and he, and he just said, uh, "It's going to be so hard to knock my and, teeth and, and crooked." So, so, so as I'm walking down, I'm, you know, I, I, I see these people looking at me, and their reaction, they're like, "I say, God, I'm like, not look very good because these guys, you know, they're they they're looking at me like I'm Frankenstein." So I I turn, I'm going to go to the trainer's room where Dr. Freeman is. He's the you know, he's a, a orthopedic surgeon, one of the greatest doctors, smartest guys I've ever met. Right. But he said, you're not coming in here. Get, get your ass in the ambulance. So I go to get in the ambulance. And the ambulance drivers, they're back watching the event. The ambulance was locked. So I sit down in a chair, and I'm looking up on a monitor. And uh, I'm watching Troy Dunn ride. Right. But I'm sitting there. I can just feel my, my, my face kind of swelling and I, I, I had to get my buddy bill i said hey you need to come help me dig these contacts out because my eyes are about to swell shut uh, uh, and i'm just talking to him matter of factly you know and it's, I, it's I just, like, I, okay and i, I just is, need to make a point here I, and the, look the thing is it, you know I, it it really wasn't if, if i watch it you know look you know it, it wasn't as painful i guess you know the adrenaline is, is, is still going pumping in. through and, your veins, right? And it, it wasn't until you know I sat, you know, they got me in the ambulance and I laid down. As soon as I laid down, kind of relaxed a little bit. That's when, that's when it felt like somebody with a with a hammer was just pounding my head. Oh my! Repeatedly. Hey, look, and that's but, a perfect you know, example of what of what humans are capable of when they get to to a certain. You know, brother. Right. And look, I, I just need to put this into perspective for people who don't understand what it is he just said. Yeah, okay, help help them understand like, it. And if you watch the video, it's on TV. You can watch it on YouTube. Him getting hit. All right, most people think if you've been hit in the face with a baseball bat, it does. It's it's nothing compared because you're the you know, someone swinging at you. This two thousand pound animal is bringing something that is harder <laughs> than titanium, probably. <laughs> In the same direction that your face your is going. Face. And if you want, I mean, has he, have you ever seen the Avengers when Hulk grabs Loki and just smacks him on the ground <laughs> like that? That is basically the amount of power coming through that bull's face. I don't care if you've been in martial arts your whole life. And I have, and I've been kicked in the face so hard. I thought my teeth went out of my ass, but they didn't. <laughs> His teeth literally went, got hit so hard. I is awesome to watch him get hit like that. And oh. then he took it. That ought to tell you about what kind of look. You can say well, whatever you want. And you're humble. I get that, man. But what I I see out of my eyes is how tough people are in any yeah. situation. And somebody who gets hit like that normally would die. You know, yeah. they'd lay down there and die. They would shut it down. Yeah. quit, walk away, dude. Yeah, not. No, no. They would just lay there. He got up and like, you know, I'm a cowboy. Like, how'd I look? Did I look cool getting thrown? Like, Seriously, don't tell me you don't think that. You're like, oh, I got my ass thrown, but I look cool, right? It's because that's no, what it's I, was, I was thinking. I was just thinking, you know, I just blew a, I just blew a championship. Yeah, you know, I, right? I was thinking I, I, right. was thinking I suck. That's, what the, <laughs> that's <laughs> what the champion in you was thinking, man. But yeah. the guy behind that's like, oh, what'd that look like? Holy and shit. then you were sitting there watching that, man. But I've seen them bulls rear back like that and watch that hit. I mean, just the to get hit like you've never been hit like that. That's well, my point I guess well, I'm trying well, to make, right? The question, the question I mean, all right, so everybody, awesome. like, they're, they're listening right now tough, and, and they're going, my God, I, you know. But the real interesting part of this is me is is what happened next to you you got in that all of a sudden your face is a mess what you have to endure after that well that was in the middle of october and you know the national finals rodeo you know, which is 
know, the biggest rodeo. You know, as a as a as a cowboy, <laughs> it's big. That's where you want. That's where you want to end up. You know, right? You know, as, as I Super told Bowl. my you know my youngest son was thinking about riding bulls, and I didn't encourage him, nor did I discourage him. I said, you know, if that's what you want to do, uh, let me show you how that's it's fine. <laughs> but but what I did do is, you know, I qualified for the national finals twelve times. I think there's only one other guy that qualified for more. Wow. I took him up and showed him, you know, we have a truck room and I have, you have a back number and you have a, a, a picture of the top 15 guys. And I said, you know, every year, first of January, the year starts and you've got probably 150 to 200, 200 guys that a lot are all going to qualify for the national finals. Well, there's only, they only take 15. It's like, it's like the, it's like Marcus when, you know, I'm going to be a seal. Well, you know, a lot of them. A lot of guys want to do that. Be a yeah. seal, right. A lot yeah. of guys want to do that. Not, not very many people make it. Nope. And that's, that's just the reality of it. And I said, these, I said, but I just want you to understand that. I said, these are the, the best 15 guys in the world that given year. And I said, the better you are, you know, the, it, it, it lessens your chance of being, you know, seriously injured or yada, right. yada. I said, but that doesn't mean shit. I said, <laughs> I said so I'm going to show you. I said, and I, and I pointed them out. I said, I pointed out Lane Frost, Brent Thurman, Glenn Keeley. I said, I watched every one of those guys die. Mm -hmm. Wow. Less than 20 feet in front of me. Yep. And I said, you know, and then you've got, the, you know, Jerome Davis. He's in a wheelchair. This guy's in a wheelchair. This guy's, in, I said, needs are the best guys. And I said, I'm not telling you this to be negative or discouraging. So the what truth. I'm telling you. As this shit is real. Right. And I said, <laughs> I said, any, I said, so any, any one ride can either change or end your life. And so if, if you're okay with that and you can accept that, then, then but just, just know, just know what it is. This, this shit's real. Well, that's football, what, look, football is huge. And it, it blows me away because the way that, especially the human kind of condition is around death, right? Yeah. They, they love the vibe. Well, I guess it's because people it's, don't really understand what a rodeo is. Because if you did, it would be bigger than NASCAR every time bigger. it was on. Because you're talking it's about flatatorial. a guy, a guy, right? It's more intense. No, there's than a guarantee boxing. somebody's going to die every time that bull comes out of the chute. I mean, it's, it's, it's there's a guarantee that's, that's, it could that's, happen. That's a chance you think. But but the, the the thing is, he said, what happened next? Well, they do reconstructive surgery. They do got five five or six <laughs> titanium plates yeah. and. The national finals is six weeks later, less than six weeks later. I'm in the hospital for about a week. I fly home. I mean, my head had probably three times its normal size. <laughs> my son Lane was three at the time. And uh, it took me about five to ten minutes to convince him that I was me when I got home because oh, wow. there was so much swelling. And I, and I looked, like, looked like a monster. Uh, yeah, hey, he, was, like, he referred to it as like it was messed up. I mean, your hair gets yeah. messed up. Man, your <laughs> yeah. face was crushed, brother. How many, how many bones do you break in your face? Uh, every All one of them. them. Right. <laughs> every one of them. Right. There's not, well, my point is, is, man, there's not a lot of them. They're bigger. The, They're the maxillary, yeah, all that stuff like that, man. Yep. They're connected. So if you snap one of them in half, man, it's going to affect the others. And you took one right in the in the T, right? Right in the T section. Nose and just mouth. right here, yeah. yeah. Nose. I, I didn't. I didn't have a nose. They had to. They had to reconstruct the nose. Oh my but, god! But the thing is, is, as I'm sitting there when I wake up from surgery, and I mean, my head is so big that I mean, it's literally at least two to three times its normal size. And you know, I've got a 
you know, I've got a drain too. What they did, they cut me like ear to ear, ear, to ear. Pulled, pulled my face down, then had to go in and try to reconstruct it. You know, I don't, I went through two surgeries. It took about 13 half hours. Oh my God. Both surgeries. Yeah, put it together, right? And uh, so, but the, but the thing is, is that when I wake up and I, you know, I look in, you know, I go take a leak and I, and I look and, you know, shit doesn't look very good. I said, well, I was ugly to begin with. I, I was hoping they <laughs> it's was, an improvement. I was, I was hoping I was going to, I was going to come out looking like James Dean and be cool and shit, but I, I was still ugly. Yeah. But, the, but, but the worst, the, the thing is that the, the mentality that, that I had and the mentality you have to have in, in that sport at that level was that. In six weeks, I'm like, I got to be well in, in less than six weeks. There so was never a time in a, that, like, you're like, well, there's no contract team. Back. There's not a contract I, team, right? You well, don't play, you don't, you don't get paid. You, well, you just got to show up and ride, yeah, right? There's no. I'm con- talking about it on a deeper level, though, bro, because you you just skirted death, and you'd already watched your other friends die. You just skirted death, permanent brain damage, the whole deal, and all of a sudden now you're home, your family doesn't recognize you're on a brink. But there's something inside you says, I got to get to this competition. What was what was that? What was in your head? I just had I knew I had to be well. I got I, I got to be well enough to compete in less than six weeks. And uh, my son, Lane, he, he's sitting on my sitting on my lap. And he was. Uh, yeah, he 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 would have been poor. He, he would have just turned four because Trevor had just been born in September. So Trevor's only, you know, a couple months old. Mm-hmm. And Lane sits up and he looks at me and said, you know, Dad? No, he said, you know, tough. He, until he was like probably 10 years old, he never called me Dad. He called me tough. And he said, <laughs> people say, doesn't that offend you that he calls you tough? I said, I've been called worse than tough, dude. It doesn't matter to me. I, I was fine. He said, he looked at me and he said, tough. He said, if you draw bodacious again, you're going to have to chicken out. Mm. And I said, no, okay. I said, I said, all right, deal. But the whole thing, I'm just thinking, I just got to be well. You know, I, I couldn't eat. You know, I, I, you, know you lose, with that kind of injury, you lose all sense of smell. Gone. And so you don't oh, have yeah, a sense yeah. of, you don't have a, you, you don't, you don't have, a, you, you don't, you don't have a sense of smell. You don't, you don't have a, you know, you can't taste anything. And, and so then you have no appetite. So you try to force yeah. food down you, you try to drink you know, whatever, insure or just whatever to try to, but the, re, the, the, the reality is, is that I lost when it came to, you know, the NFR is the first week of December. The doc, Dr. Freeman, who's my, my most trusted doctor, he's one of my best friends. So, and I went, I went and saw him I said, well, I said, can I, can I ride? He said, you know, he said, I would talk to, you know, the, the surgeon that, that, did the reconstruction. He was he was in Vegas. Uh, he said, but you know, from what I see, it's it's totally up to you. You're obviously well, well, you're so obviously weak, but because I'd lost nearly nearly twenty six pounds, you can't eat. I'd, I'd lost nearly twenty six pounds. And I did. Most people would take this. Most people in the world, tough, would take that as a wake up call to be like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to quit. I don't need to go any further. I got my life. That's it. So what? is driving you to get back in the ring. That's because that's, that's what I do. That's what I did. That's, that was my life. That's what you are. It's what it, you was, are. it wasn't even a consideration of, you know, my, my mindset is when, when can I, when can I ride again? 
when can I? Was it is it the is it the competition or is it you and the animal? Is it is it the what is it for me? Is you know I started riding when I was four years old and that was what I wanted to do and that that you know and once I realized that dream, like Mark said, it's like a dream. You can't get enough of it. You can't right. You can't. You know, winning one, it's everything, right? winning one, you know, if you win one, you want to win another. And it's just, it's True. just, you're, you're, I was, I was addicted to the, to all of it, you know, and what it, what it, what it brought, you know, it, it brought a career, you know, turned into a, a, a career and a profession. And that's what, that's what I did. And so right. you, my, my mind is like, I'm not, I, well, there's never even a consideration of I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, it's like, when, when can I, when can I get, what, when can I get on? And so I go see the surgeon and he says, uh, you know, if you, if, if you feel like you can, then, then you can. He said, you know, as far as your, your injury, he said, you know what, if you get hit in the face, it'll break and tear shit up. But if nothing had happened to you at all, you get hit in the face, it'd break and tear shit up too. So. Right. <laughs> those are awesome doctors. I love those guys. We need to get those guys on speed it, dial. It, 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 it's not. It's, it's not a big deal. He said. It's but it's up to you. The the one thing that and I'm usually a pretty objective, realistic person in terms of you know knowing my capabilities or you know knowing what I. I'm, I'm not a big. Well, I can do this when in the back of my mind I probably can't do it right now. Maybe I can do it later if I work at it. Yada yada. But this was probably one of the few times that I probably shouldn't have ridden, but I, but I did. But the reality of it was you get on 10 bulls at the national finals. You know, I rode, I rode five and looking at the shape that I was in, I, I probably shouldn't have rode any, you know, right. Because, because, because did. I didn't have any strength, but it was just the, the one thing I always told myself is that it's okay not to win first. It's okay not to be the champion that day that year but the one thing that I, that I i couldn't live with that i can't live with is the fact that knowing that i quit that i gave up and so that's that was my Amen. daily thing you know and you know whenever you know lane frost you know and i became great friends and you know he was very popular with everybody and you know he always signed autographs and mm-hmm. he said well you didn't sign autographs well I didn't sign autographs because people didn't ask me for my autograph. You know, I was never, hey, buddy, you want my autograph kind of guy. But, 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 but when, you know, when people would start asking for them, you know, it's funny when I, when, you know, I see, I see your show is that I would always write, you know, bear down, try hard and never quit. And then in capital letters, I would put never because that's, that's the only reason that I ever had any success at what I did. And there were a lot of guys that were better, than you know, athletic, you know, more talented. But when you, when you ride bulls and you ride them at that level, it, it's kind of like it. I don't know how to put it, maybe, but you kind of got to bullshit yourself just a little bit in the. Of course, you got to say, <laughs> you know, a what? little you bit. Say, hey, you, know, you tell yourself, well, you know, it's, it's not that bad, and you know, it's not that dangerous because you have to focus on, you know, riding bulls is like. No different than you know him shooting a rifle, uh, Steph Curry making a jump shot. It, it's fundamentals. The, what what makes you good? Basics to or, perfection. Or good or bad or great. You know you have to do 
fund, fundamentally, you have to do things correctly. And so riding bulls is the same thing. So if you're not focused on doing everything correctly and putting all the effort and energy with that, if you're thinking, oh, I could, you know, I could get hurt. I hope I, you know, I hope I don't get stepped on. I hope I don't get in faith. You can't worry about any of that shit because your job is to make the whistle. Your job is to, right. to ride. And, and this is what I would, this is what I would tell myself. This is how right. kind of whacked I am in, in that, you know, because I would, I would use more rods and I would tie my hand in there like nobody would because I always had difficulty hanging on, on my rope. Some guys have problems, some guys don't. It has something to do with your grip, but whatever. But I would tell myself, you know what? The worst thing that can happen to me today is that I can die. And I'm going to die one of these days anyway. So if this is it, this is Might it. Might as well be something I love. So just, just go do it. And that's kind of a screwed up way of saying but that's just, you know, I didn't get, no, I, I wasn't afraid of dying. Up. I wasn't afraid of it's being not hurt. Screwed up. I would just hey, say, no, hey, you know what? What I, I would, I would much rather die or be hurt than just give up. You know, I'd see, you see a lot of guys get on and, you know, they just don't put out any effort to stay on. They just let go second, third, fourth jump. And I said, you know what? I would slip my wrist before I do that, before I jump off. Right. You know, right. the, the, Look, last, here, thing, the last thing in, in, in my mind was just, just don't quit. That's it. That's, that's the only asset I really had was I just would not quit. Well, that's the craziest thing about humans is they fear death. And it's the one absolute that's coming. You're going to die. Well, people compartmentalize it because they're taught to be afraid of death. Well, they're right? afraid of pain. They're and afraid. You're they're, right. that, that's all it is. And the difference between the people who can live more life than people who can't is the amount of pain you can take. And I mean, that's that's the thing about it. And the, the great part of your never quit story is when you're talking about, yeah, you know what, man? No one, I, I threw a lot of, a little extra rosin on that rope and since then a little tighter because I wasn't afraid <laughs> of death. And that's the way I, that's the, the stuff I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I want to know about the song in your head that you start singing. And, and when you're talking about getting back on the bull after you get killed like that, it's the same way for everybody, no matter if you're that kind of person. So he's not a, I mean, yeah, he competes in bull riding, but he is a bull rider. I, that's his identity. Right. I mean, that's the reason you get back on. Not for the money or like that, but get back no, on. That's why he's, it's, it's, when yeah. he's done riding. You never ride. He's, he's a money. good parent. Right. Yeah. I was. A, we were Navy SEALs because I wanted to be a rifle carrying medic, sniper, blah, 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 yeah. all the way across the board. Football players, football players play football. Right. You know, guys on the team and the, whatever who play for the money, right. you can see the difference in them. Oh, and it's when sure. they get their ass kicked and hurt, it doesn't matter. No. Because it's not about the win and loss. It's about but, being out but, in the battle. It's but, about uh, being on the back of that animal. But right? I'm going to challenge you, though, on this. I'm going to challenge both of you because I'll tell you what. I, 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 you know, I was a football player growing up, and I love athletics. That was my dream. But when I went on to become a Navy SEAL, it, it changed, right? Because there was the existential reality of death every single day. And there's, like you're saying, tough. there's a fuel in that. There's a drive. In those, and, and, it, and it contorts. It literally alters the cultural influences you've had growing up and all those different things that normal society deems that, all right, you can't get in that arena because you might die. But, but, but now what we're hearing is from the age of four and when he first started riding, it's like, that's the go. And he, and like he said, every day he hopped on that bull, he knew he could die, but it didn't matter. It was the ride. It was, it was just, it was just, it was just everything about it. You know, for, for me, that's, that's what I was and that's where I wanted to be. And I, and I didn't give a shit really about, you know, you know, nothing else. And, you know, you know, I always told my kids, you know, and they're, they're great kids. 
they're very well-rounded. They, they're good at a lot of sports. And I said, but I said, if, if you want to do something, if you want to be great at something, then that's, that's what you do. That's what you are. You, you're nothing else. You know, it's, it's, it's like Walt Garrison was a, 24 a, a, a cowboy. He played, he played for the Dallas Cowboys, but he was a rodeo cowboy too. And he was a cool, one of the coolest guys I've ever met, you know, running back during the, uh, saw back whenever they were winning Super Bowls and playing golf with Walt Garrison in the charity tournament. He said, you know what? Show me a good golfer. He said, I'll show you son of a bitch that can do nothing else. Well, <laughs> exactly. You know, Tiger Woods didn't do this, that, or the other. He played golf every day. That's all he was. Every day. That's why. Yeah, that's, why that's true. Great. Yep. You know, and for me, that's all, you know, bull riding, that's all I thought about. You know, riding in, in Denver one night, you know, flying to you know, Nashville the next afternoon, you know, I'd get on, you know, I had an airplane where, I mean, remember one day riding Cheyenne, Wyoming in the afternoon, riding, you know, Rodeo Manhattan, Kansas that night and be back in my, I'd, I'd be home in my bed in Bowie, Texas by midnight. And I'd be, I'd be up the next, I'd be up the next morning early to fly somewhere else or another. Cause whenever I was competing, you know, for the first 10 years I competed, hell, I would go to a, to 100 up to 125 rodeos a year that's huge what 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 our listeners are wondering right is and, and we get asked this all the time when we're out there speaking and doing what we do and all that and i know you get that says what what made you want to become a navy seal what made you what got into you were like this is the life i have to live what was what was the purpose, that ignition point for that purpose that drew, drove you towards that life where that's all you wanted? Where did it start and why? It, Born into it. I was the youngest of, of seven kids. I had great parents. Um, you know, but we were very, you know, you know, very average, you know, you know, my dad, you know, yep. worked three jobs, worked seven days a week. You know, vacations were what pe- people other people did we didn't go on vacation you know and <laughs> when we get out for summer uh you know from the time i was eight till i went to college when we get out for summer it wasn't vacation for us you know we all had a job i mean our parent our parents provided us a great you know place to live and some clothes if you want anything additional you had to you job. better go but, earn but it the, but the most important thing my parents taught us was work ethic and independent you know, be able to take care of yourself where you don't have to rely on, you know, somebody else to take care of you, you know. And so by the time I was 15 years old, I was living at home, but I was, I was pretty much on my own, independent of my parents, you know, other than I still live there and they talk to me, but, you know, I never, right. you know, it was just, yeah. it was just my, my mentality. I'd say, you know, they don't, they don't owe me anything. They don't, I don't expect them to, give me money, you know, even, even on the days of college, when you want to call home, Hey, can you send me a couple hundred bucks? I just would never do that because you know, it's, it's not up to them to take care of me. It's up to me to take, it's on, it's up to me to take care of me. And so, you know, just once I, you know, I started riding when I was four and that's all I wanted to be. You know, there, there was one other time whenever, you know, I grew up around horse racing. I used to, I mean, the last two years I was in high school, I'd get up and go to work, and I would ride anywhere from six to ten racehorses, exercise them, work them on the racetrack. And that, when I was fifteen, I was real small. I was five, 
410 pounds. And so I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'll get to be a jockey and ride races. And, you know, jockeys that around horse racing, you know, they're the rock stars, you know, they're the seals, you know, they're the cool guys, you know, that's the people, you know, they show up, you know, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're just cool. I always got, I always got them a sports car and a hot girl. And when you're a kid, that looks pretty, 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 pretty neat. Pretty good. That but anyway, good. I that, but then, you know, all, all I cared about, you know, I didn't play other sports. Uh, you know, all I want to do is ride. And, and, and I sucked for so long when I was young, I would get on and just get slammed, slammed, slammed. But, you know, I just kept getting on, kept getting on, kept getting on. And, you know, when Mark's talking earlier, you know, people think that, well, they go into this gym and yada, yada. You know, and there's guys are, you know, is this sport has evolved like, a, as you know, guys are probably in better shape, nutrition. I you know, but I, I was never a big workout guy. I was always like, you know, how good a shape do you have to be in? It's eight seconds, you know, but I was, I was always <laughs> in pretty good shape because riding racehorses got me in the best shape of my life. If you ever look at a jockey, you know, he's toned and I mean, you don't have a guy there and so that that's what got me in the best physical shape and and i think it helped with my balance and i think i probably did more from my bull riding but riding racehorses riding bulls there's only one other experience that i have done that even compares to it is is i got to fly uh fly an f-16 with the thunderbirds wow that's cool that's super cool there was nothing cooler than that i mean <laughs> it is cool. It is. And, and, you know, cool. The, the funny thing about it is, that, is, is I kind of like you know, it, you know, whenever you know, I got to meet Marcus, I I, I told him I said, you know, I've, I've got to meet a lot of famous people, uh, and I'm not a starstruck guy. I'm very, you know, you know, I'm I'm a fan of anyone who's successful because I know how hard it is to be successful at whatever you successful. do. Successful, right? Uh, but you know, I'm not ooh ah, you know, but yeah, but. When I met Marcus, I was starstruck because when I, when I read his when I read his when I read his book when I read Lone Survivor and I, and, and, I, and I gave it to my son and, and he read it and I said every every American should be mandatory that they read this. Amen. And, but oh, because sure. of the, the you know the first part you know was the impressive you know you know his story is just over the top unbelievable but but what 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 you have to do to become a Navy SEAL okay. You guys are the, the, the toughest, smartest son of bitches on the planet. There's no, there's oh, no disputing man. that. I mean, the, 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 the things that you have to endure, you know, the shit I did was eight seconds at a time. Hell, really? You, I mean, how, <laughs> it can't be that bad, but, it, but, it, but it's the same thing. There's no way that you can get to the level that you guys did that unless that's what you are. You didn't, you, 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 you wouldn't say, well, I'm off for the weekend. <laughs> Everybody wants to be a frogman hey, on Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> no, when, when the weekend came, you were a seal on Saturday, you were a seal on Sunday, and when you wake up Monday, you're a seal. Well, well tough. One of the things when people are listening to this show and, and they're trying to figure out your purpose was riding, right? You got on a horse and it clicked for you, and that, that was it. For us, it was finding the teams and allowing that to unlock our purpose. And, and, and so, you know, one of the challenges out there is, is if people aren't exposed to a lot of outside things, you know, it's challenging for, for, for them to find, you know, because they're, they're so inundated with fear and, and they're taught not to go out and fail and try new things and all that, you know, what, what do you say to, 
to what's happening about, you know, around people right now and in society and where we're going, man. I mean, how do we change that? It, you know, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. I think, you know, you know, it, again, back to my kids, you know, I, we, we try to shelter them too much and, you know, everybody's afraid of this and afraid of that. You know, you, you know, we were just raising a different generation, you know, it's just different. I'm sure, you know, I know, I know the toughness that I have. I got it from my parents because I, I, I seen it. My, my, my dad was this, my dad had a, had, so. had three heart heart attacks in a week. Went to the hospital, they <laughs> that misdiagnosed it, and so but he nearly he nearly died. <laughs> That's and hard. So he gets to, he gets to the hospital. The the doctor says, uh, "Hey, uh, you're not doing very well." And he's this is what he tells the doctor. He said, "Well, I got to get out of here. I got to get back to work." The guy says, "Well, you're you're not going back to work." He said, "Yeah, I got to get back to work." He said, "No, sir, you don't understand. You're not even supposed to be alive. You had three heart attacks in a week." He said, but I need to operate on you now. He said, but you'll never make it because you're not strong. I have to get you strong enough so I can operate on you. So he waits, waits a day, operate on they, they He nearly dies three times. Wow. During, they do all these bypasses. This for it. Gets out. And so, so he's talking to this guy. Uh, he's talking to this attorney about the guy. said, well, well, tell me what happened. He said, well, I had a little, you know, a little pain in my chest. And he said, he said, well, how severe was it? He said, I wasn't that bad. He said, you know, I guess it'd be, you know, somebody just, you know, hit you in the chest with a baseball bat, something like that. But, it, you know, it, it wasn't bad, you know. So, <laughs> That's tough. This is, this That's is, hard as nails this, this, right this, this is, I mean, this, that was his mentality. He was just a, he was just a tough physically tough oh, guy. Oh, it ain't too bad. You ever been, uh, you know, you've been run by a dump truck. <laughs> it's not I, that bad. <laughs> I only had on my left side. And that's why I got, but it's all right, though. <laughs> I can still uh, move my and my, and my mother's that, the same way. She's, I mean, just physically, she was, I mean, she's 87. She still, I mean, she drove to Lubbock yesterday. You know, she, uh, she had to deal with our dads. My mother's the toughest of <laughs> the oh, I mean, I mean, Don't disrespect you know, mom. She, she had to get, she had to have a, 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 a surgery performed on her. And, and the doctor says, hey, this is really going to take it out of her. You're going to have to help her do everything for at least two or three days. And, you know, she won't be able to do anything on her own. So I'm sleeping in her room. This is the day they brought her back out of recovery about five or six o'clock. She goes to sleep. So I'm asleep. I hear this rattling around midnight. She's out of the bed dragging her IVs. I say, you need to help me? And she's one of them. No, do I look like I need any goddamn help? Leave me alone. <laughs> and so she marches in there, goes back, he marches back, and, you know, she was, they were just, I mean, they were held that, like tougher than I was. Cut from that cause. You know, yeah. she, she also, okay. yeah, look, one yeah. story about her, she says, one day she said, hey, well, I got, I got something going on with my gallbladder and whatever. I said, okay, well, just let me know if I need to do anything. About three weeks later, she calls me and says, oh, I got that gallbladder deal fixed. I said, excuse me? She said, yeah. I, I, she was living in Albuquerque time. Her doctor in love. Right. She drives to Lubbock by herself, goes in. The lady says, who's with you? She said, nobody. I said, well, somebody has to be with you, you know, take care of you after the surgery. Because they go and take, take her daughter out, day surgery, and let her go. So she, yeah. the nurse said, somebody has to be with you. She said, no, they don't. The nurse said, yes, she, she said, no, God damn it. They don't. <laughs> and and so, so the doctor comes in and, and, She's friends with a doctor, elderly guy, and he says, uh, are you aware? The nurse says, are you aware no one's with her? And he kind of rolls his eyes and, and say, says yes. The nurse said, well, what are you going to do? She said, well, when I, when I get out of here, I'm going to get a cab, 
to the motel room, and then I'm gonna get up in the morning and drive home. Awesome. Well, that's what that's what she did, and didn't wouldn't t- she wouldn't tell me or my sisters till it was over. Didn't. So now in that doctor's office, there's this big sign that says, you know, they wouldn't, you know, no procedure would be done unless you're accompanied by someone. Right. That, that's her yeah, That's awesome. That's well, I mean, awesome. you got to understand, I mean, doctors these days, they hand out shit for colds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, man, hard. there was home remedies. You didn't go see the doctor unless you were jacked up. I mean, uh, well, jacked and up. And, I, and that's why that generation, I man. I grew up around horse racing, so we, we went to the vet. My dad's best friend was a veterinarian. We, when we were kids, we went to the vet. The kids go to the vet. <laughs> the kids went to the vet. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I love. You know, tough. That comes. You know, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this section off, and we're and what I think what now we're you know when we get into the after actions, we're gonna say the how to. And, and the lessons that you're teaching your boys, the lessons that those exact lessons, and 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 and, and that's good. So we really, Marcus and I, just can't thank you enough for coming on, sharing your greatest never. I knew quit. it was. Hey, I knew. It was, I knew it was going to be good, it. man. We blew through that. I, I mean, you called it. I mean, it was remarkable. You everything. You, you hit everything that oh. our listeners need to hear, that they want to hear, and hopefully, and I know in my heart that. Your story is going to have an impact on a, on a lot of people. Tough. Oh so man! From, thank you so well, much. I'm honored, sir, I'm for honored to be on. on the show. I'm. It's, it's a pleasure you know, visiting with you guys. You guys are are heroes to me. I mean, that's just the way it is. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Hope you, right. hope, hope you had a fun. <laughs> I had fun. I had a ball. Let's get him in that after action. All right. So that's all we got. Thank you, sir. What I love about Tuff is his perspective on why he did it, right? Right. To be the best. I mean, to ride, to imagine this, Marcus. I mean, it's like, you know, we do incredible amount of runs. We do CQB, we'll, we'll go through a house, what, 20, do 20 runs in a day. But that, you know. At this, a minimum. At a minimum, this guy is saying, all right, I'm going to ride 10 bulls in a day. Yeah, the great part about him is his unique perspective and how he chased all. He's like, I, I got in shape for bull riding, riding bulls. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. I mean, to a layman, that would make total sense. I mean, you know, what I mean, when you break everything down, not mechanical bulls, not the rope, yeah, no. not with the leather. It just, I wasn't in the gym. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I just made sense to me. Well, of course. It makes sense because it's ultimate logic. And I think you know in I mean? modern society, we we confuse, we we throw a lot of additional things in terms of performance that really don't need to be in the mix, right? Sure, and I get why they don't. You don't do that is because injury, and I want to do this for a long time. Okay, he, that wasn't that even sense. a matter of perspective to him. No, and he's got a another thing about them boys who come up from nothing. All right, I mean, he, when he's like, hey, I just want to make something of myself. We didn't well, have most, nothing. Most people want to make some of themselves. They go to school. They get educated. They go, you know, they go out into the world. And, right. And it's there's no date, no real. Get look, man. Walking out of the house is damn true. Dangerous. True, but real existential danger, right? right exactly yeah. on purpose. Yeah, purposely. Purpose. Only, only the military and and a few, handful and riding, of other and riding two thousand pound no, no, animals. Yeah, pissed off. <laughs> Bull. with their balls on a string. Right. And we both and both of our careers started because we were there with our friends. Yeah. Yeah, you just want to keep hanging out with him, and that's the same thing we talked about, man. He, 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 you know, you made sure you're the best. 
uh, you could be or be the best because your friends are the best. Yeah. And you want to hang out with them. Yeah. So I better learn how to ride this damn thing. Well, and I want to ride it better than you. Yeah. And if you're hanging out with, that's the, be- I mean, the one thing about teams, man, is that when we're hanging out with each other, we feed off of each other. We don't allow ourselves to go the other way. No, mediocrity is not a part right, of the and mindset. That's why we rotate the guys in and out of the platoons. And I used to always ask, like, why didn't we stack? Why don't we got all these awesome guys? Why don't we stack? I mean, because there, there's so many different faces in the platoons when we get back, especially from. Yep. They separate us. And I'm like, why, why do you do that? I didn't really learn until I was in a, role, a leadership role. I was like, hey, look, man. The younger actually, guys got to learn. Right. And that's each one of these guys has a strength that the platoon needs that one of the other guys doesn't have. Yep. I mean, the way I was raised is the same way we roll on the teams, man. And when you look at it like that, when you step back and like, all right, man, what is this guy capable of? What can he do? He can do that. And this one, he, you know, he can't. Yeah. I wasn't a breacher. You know, right. I, was, I was a medic. Yep. So all that comes into play. And that's the same thing. I mean, we try so hard to stay online to do that because we want to hang out with them guys. And ultimately that's what it starts. Well, it's the culture of friendship. It's the culture that where tough came from the culture of wanting to be the best that drive that never quit mindset that we were able to hear. And I think one of the things, the lessons for you out there listening right now, when you think about it, you don't have to have the perfect environment, the background, what you have to have is a passion that launches you a dream. Then you have to have the desire to work harder than everybody else. And to do so with a group of people around you that challenge you and push you and push you to that next level. And once you get there, to stay there, no matter what happens, no matter if your face gets smashed in, no matter if you almost get killed in, in a particular environment, you get back up on that bull, you take, you throw your hand in there, you cinch it down harder than everybody else, and you go for the ride. Right. I mean, to look at it from the perspective of a fan of anything, I mean, football, for example. There's the, the, the fanatical football fans, and there's a reason why we love football. It brings us together as a community when we go to the stadium or in the house with a, at a party watching a, a game on Sunday or something like that. Right. Rodeo is a way for country folks who've been doing this their whole lives, and so is their family. Right. right? They it, all love that, and it's, it's a kind of a dynamic where you get to hang. Because they love hanging out with each other. That's yep. the beautiful part about it. And then you watch the rodeo go down. It's, there's more going on around the rodeo than there is a, 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 in the particular arena. Absolutely, you know, and I'm sure you've seen that. State been, fairs, yeah, everything, everything like that. yeah. And that's that, just—it's community getting together, and that's this is one of the things that that, that uh, the way we grew up out here, we like doing. And, and it's an ultimate test. It, it is one of the coolest things. I, I love having Tough on. He really represents that never quit spirit to reach the pinnacle of his profession, coming from nowhere, doing the things that he loves doing, and really, you know, becoming that special man. And I think one of my favorite parts, I know you and I were, were thinking the same thing, is that fact that he's got that little baby right now at 50-plus years old, man. I think he's, he's going to have a lot of fun with that. Oh, he's, he's, gonna, he's in a whole new chapter of his life to take all those experiences – Put him into that child. So that child not only is going to be tough like tough, but also going to be incredibly wise and blessed in his life. Well, he has the, I mean, he's got the grandfather mentality too. Yeah. And grand, I mean, <laughs> what, what kid doesn't like to hang out with his granddad because of the, because of the way they are? They act, right? They're, yeah. I mean, they teach you the things to do. They don't, they let you get hurt when you, when you, when you need to get hurt, and they'll jerk a knot in your ass quick. Right? <laughs> Everybody knows grandparents, man. They don't, they don't mess around. At all. I, I mean, it, and it, I truly believe that even, even the millennial generations, man, when they become grandparents and they grow up, you know, all of a sudden, when you're a grandparent 
And it's that generation removed to, to your, when you have your grandchildren in there, you watch over and protect. The great part, you can give them back. That's what yeah. said, right? <laughs> but you don't take shit. No. <laughs> and that only comes from being around a long time, right? Being around a long time. Yeah, I like, love that it. That ain't happening in this house. I love it. Yep. So, so there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for for uh, coming on board on this ride with with Tough Heatman, the world's greatest cowboy, the Michael Jordan of the rodeo world. You know, I think we learned a, a, a great lesson. Now, if you're inspired and you're really excited about what you heard and, and fired up, and I, you know, and that's our mission. We want to ignite the fire in your gut to get out there and go start living your greatest never to quit story. And if you want to know more or visit us, you know, please don't forget to visit and, and listen to the rest of the shows at teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast or tnqpodcast.com where you can visit and see all our other shows. Go check out our merchandise. We've got great cool t-shirts. We got great stuff there for you to take a look at. We've got a, a host of amazing. If you have a company, a small business, a big business, if you've got a team, Check out the Team Never Quit speakers. We've got a whole host of great people that can come and motivate, inspire, and teach your teams and groups how to never quit themselves. Um, and, you know, and if you're what we're looking for out of you, really the give back to us. If you have a great never quit story yourself, go to the website, submit that never quit story to us. We'll take a look at them. We'll review them. If they're good, there's a chance Marcus and I will read it on the air. And if they're really good, I mean exceptional, there's a real good chance that Marcus, what are we going to do? Bring them on the show. You're going to come on the show with you're us. Look in your eyes you're going to either call in or come on, and you're going to tell your story. We're going to interview you, and we're going to want to hear it. So don't forget to do that. Well, I always love to end every show, Marcus, as you do too, with a thank you. So in my life, I want to thank... You know, all y'all here at the Team Never Quit podcast group, Wizard, you, Marcus, I want to thank my teammates in the past, my friends, my family, and in particular, you know, I just want to thank all the people that I've seen that were able to get back up on that bull, like Tough, thank you, Tough, and get back in a fight. And my last one is just thank God for giving me that inspiration as well, too. Marcus? Thank the good Lord for putting me down here, giving me all my abilities to my friends and teammates for helping me find them. And the boss lady for marrying me and giving me, giving me this wonderful life that we have right now and everybody out there who's listening and, and, and uh, hopefully taking something away from this and taking something away from what Tuff said. That it's the simple things in life that are the most important. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And, uh, you know, love, love every day like it was the last one, I think is probably a good way to sum him up, right? Amen. Yeah, so uh, thanks again. God bless. We're out. Ah, we're out.